December 21st, 2017, and Merry fucking Christmas. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Nick Cease, and this is Bottle Crow Reborn, a Dota 2 podcast where occasionally we talk to, about Dota 2 on occasionally a podcast. And occasionally we come to you from our homes, our you know, areas of recording where we have a computer that we also engage in the video game of Dota 2. But today we've taken a special trip, you know, we put it on the company credit card, and we're, we've flown to the North Pole. I'm Nick Cease. It's fucking cold up here, you guys, and I don't want to be here. It's kind of ruining the holiday spirit. It's a good excuse for why my APM is low, because my fingers are blue. I just flew in from New York, and it's really cold. And I'm Hi, guys, these. how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots, lots to talk about, lots to talk about. Not that much Christmassy, but a lot, a lot... Colin... What could be substance. better for Christmas than the gift of drama? And boy, do I mean, we have a, a we have point. a little bit of that. We do. I think though we should really have our vegetables before we have our entree. Don't you think? Perhaps some sort of amuse amuse bouge amuse bouge. I'm not quite. I feel sure. like you're making fun of me saying that earlier. I'm I'll, just the smallest bit, but I'm also not quite sure what it means literally. Besides appetizer, so. It's just like it's literally just like something like a food to entertain you while you wait amuse for the real thing. Bouge. Okay. I don't know. Bouge. Like, a Bouge is the name of Tinker that I know thanks to Emily from that one time. <laughs> That's with true. That one not to be mentioned fan fiction. I don't think Bouge was particularly amused by his <laughs> changes really in patch seven point zero seven D. But it's it's just that he 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 was nerfed a little bit. In this patch, seven point zero seven D. That's true. Wait, hmm. Is this my? Is this the? Is this my podcast anniversary? I have a vague recollection of coming onto the podcast, and Jesse was here, and I said like, "Ho ho ho, I'm old Saint Nick." And it was, and it was a bad moment. Huh. Okay. That could. That could. It that might could be. be. I don't know. Yeah. 
Time is and time is shrug. a thing. Salt yeah. shaker. Look, let's talk about Dota. Let's do that. What what's happened? Well, we had a had a new balance patch. Seven zero seven D, and uh, not not that big, not that big. Bunch of little tweaks. Uh, you know, some people some people got got a little a little adjustment. I would say. Uh, there's Morphling kind of few got important a little, things. So yeah, he got he got a little he got a little hurt though. <laughs> he's uh he's fallen off the dumpster a little bit for some lots of people. He was the pub star, I think. Because when they removed the mana cost on Morph, it's like, well, he could already use it while stunned. The only way he couldn't use it is if he was somehow silenced, and it would just maintain the last state anyways. And that was kind of. <laughs> like you either have to put back the mana cost, I feel, or make it so that he can't use it while stunned. And now he just can't use it while stunned. So mm-hmm. totally fine by that. It's the same as if he's silenced; it'll just keep on shifting, shifty shifty. Yeah, I f- I feel like he'll still be pretty strong. Honestly, I don't think yeah. this dumpsters him at all. I think it dumpsters his pub play and win rate, and that's fine. And then he'll that's probably true. Settle that's out. true. Yep, yep. He will not be. He will not be the people who knew what they were way. doing will. Should probably still be okay. Yeah. but of course it'll, we've been be we've good. been wrong before. We thought we thought many, changes many didn't matter, and then uh, and then they did. Uh, I before the end of the year, I'll get it out of the way. Uh, Nimbus is the best item in the game. I think I lost a bet months ago, and I have to say that Nimbus is actually good. I I'm a, they should kind of nerf Nimbus. I really hate Nimbus. It's so annoying. It's Nimbus is pretty so annoying. Please nerf Nimbus. Yeah, we were we were wrong about Nimbus. We we didn't we didn't quite call that one right. The numbers seem like it should be bad, but it's not. Uh, it's it's annoying. Nimbus refresher. Every Colin, time. Colin, uh, I can tell that you're dodging around your your favorite part of this patch, though. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us into it. There's been okay. buffs to all of the new items, basically. Aeon disc, your favorite meteor hammer, and nullifier. They all got buffed. Uh huh. Some, you know, like, I think Aeon is 300 gold cheaper now, like 250 gold cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Meteor Hammer, half second less to cast, down to 2.5 was one of your complaints. That's good. And then Nullifier, I think the mana cost got nerfed, which doesn't really So here's, much, here's the thing. Um, of these new no. items, I have bought Meteor Hammer once, and that's it of any of these. <laughs> Um, in a game, right? Obviously, in in home modes. Um, Nullifier, I actually think, is a fine item. Um, I would totally like. I just haven't played characters where it makes sense for me to buy it. It seems it seems all right. It seems really situational too. So like, it yeah, depends what your yeah. enemy picks. Yeah, I totally, I totally can get down on on Nullifier. I think I think Ice Frog basically did a good job with Nullifier. And yeah, yeah he probably I haven't played with it. If he thinks he needs to tweak the numbers, he probably does. That makes sense. Uh. I previously called Meteor Hammer the worst item in the game, and I, the way I was thinking at the time, it made perfect sense. But that's because I keep forgetting Aeon Disc exists. I've I've had the same thing happen. <laughs> it. I need to see if any pros build it. I don't know if there's a way for me to search that on Dota Buff or Open Dota. I need to see when pros build it, because I have no idea. Like, 
just really fundamentally, it's like, okay, well, you can't do damage for those two and a half seconds that you're invulnerable for. So either you've done it before, or it's okay if you hold off until afterwards, but you can CC during it. So maybe there's a hero who's like really CC based, like is Magnus, is this good for some reason? I don't really know. It's confusing. Nick, this is very simple. So we got to change to Meteor Hammer. Mm-hmm. Cast time was reduced. What is the cast time now? Two and a half seconds. Uh-huh. What is the duration <sighs> of Aeon Disc's buff? <sighs> is it two and a half? I'm pretty sure it's two. It and is. Half, not it two, is. Right? What? It's two and a half. It's the it's the combo. So, All you have to do see, is spend like four th- <laughs> how many thousand gold? Two item slots. Five K Yeah. No. Yeah, five K gold. And you can almost be useful. Yeah, uh Aeon Disc is <laughs> Trash and garbage. I, there's, there's got to be a way it's good, but yeah, I saw. I was like, okay, two fifty gold less, just straight up. It'll do the same thing. Please give it a try. I, I built an, a meteor hammer the other day, semi seriously, and my biggest impression was, wow, this is just like four random ass items. You know, the ogre club, staff of wizardry, and then the tiny ring of regen and mana regen thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this has taken up a lot of space in my inventory. Yeah, it's not it's not one where you want to hold all the parts. It's no, kind of it's a, greater kind of than some of its parts. Not not It's actually much. Le- a little. Yeah. Um so here's here's what could make Aeon Disk more useful. What if you could toggle whether or not it's going to trigger this ability? Cuz I could see situations where you don't want it to kick in, right? I feel that's I think that's way too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, no, that's yeah, true. It immediately becomes core on Huskar. There you go. Bam. Core that's on any initiator. You just turn it off, and then initiate. you and have like a back free on. two and a half second grave. Just you can't do damage, but you can heal. That's true. That's true. I don't I, know how. I feel like it's it, it'll evolve. Yeah, he's, he's the ice frog will have to make changes to it. It's just, it's just, no one gives a shit about it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am, uh, I am glad they nerfed Omni Knight. That guy's been a bit of a, a pub problem. One, yeah, um, snowballer, not particularly yeah. strong, but if he gets, gets a little bit of snow going, he's, he's off. And you know, he's just such a lane bully. Yeah. Um, so I've had to I've had to deal with a couple of Omni Knights that like I was in a weak lane and Omni Knight just kind of Rolled pushed us around. <laughs> yeah, you know. Also, you know, like listen, I'm rusty as hell. I don't play nearly as much as I used to, and I hopefully will will kick that back up soonish. I don't know, but like, in it, listen, in my prime, no Omni Knight would have stood a chance. <laughs> uh. He has to step back into the ring one more time to face against Uther. I feel like the thing that's happened the most, if I can briefly derail, at being it. out of practice, is just that my hero pool is actually smaller. Like, hmm. I have to play, like, Coddle or Dazzle, or I'm pretty bad. <laughs> I see. Which is, but when did Cottle get out of that list? But he definitely did. Yeah, I'm like, Cottle, that's weird, but you have been playing him a lot recently. Yeah, I don't know, he's just, he's just really good. Yeah, mana. 
And also, you know, being able to to do shit when you farm terribly. <laughs> Hi, it's me. <laughs> it's me, the worst farmer. <laughs> Nick, I, you know, for Christmas, I'm going to buy you Farm Simulator, whatever the latest version is, and you can just you can just practice that. Yeah, I just you know drive a tractor drive onto another tractor. Another tra- the, yeah, that's how you farm. Nick, you actually had some had some experience and thoughts about getting by with no farm, right? I did, and this is a topic that we it was a holdover from last week. I'd like to to introduce something here for the first time ever. Nobody's ever done this in the history of Dota. Uh, I want to talk about those moments when you play the position seven. I think we have to define. We know we all know what the yeah. position five is, right? That's the you know the guy who's going to get dicked the most on the team in terms of gold and buying anything that isn't words and detection and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, that's your role, and then you pick based on that and stuff like that. And you, you know, you can ask for wording help and stuff like that, but you're not going to expect much. And mm-hmm. then there's a thing that people talk about. It's position six. This is where you go one step beyond that. You're not even looking to buy items for yourself. You're looking at your enemy, your, your enemies, your allies, and you're saying, what can I do for them? You don't even begin to think about buying anything beyond like boots or anything like that. This is the super self-sacrificial position, right? And I want to be clear, right? As as a person who is partially named after this role, um, at a certain point when you play position six enough, it's not a conscious choice. <laughs> I will be Some sort into of a Stockholm game. Syndrome. I'll be into a game that we're winning. And I will, like, I'll buy a bunch of wards, and I'll buy a couple of smokes, and I'll buy some dust, and I'll be like, I'll have 2,000 gold left over. What do I do? And I'm like, oh, right, all I have is arcanes. I guess I should buy another item. Does anybody want a tome? <laughs> just like, it just, your hey, brain Nick, just you want a moon into a different mode. <laughs> like, well, Colin, I think we're winning, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's just your brain is just in a different mode where you're just like, I mean, I'm doing fine. I'm not dying. Why would I buy more items? Yeah, Other people should get items. It's it's a, it's a very minimalistic way you play Dota. I just want to keep my inventory clean. Take carry, true. carry only what you need. You know I, that now, ever since Gosu AI Assistant started rating you on your micro of various items, I just <laughs> I figure the fewer I have, the higher my rating will be. Uh, take only pictures, leave only footprints, something, something. Yep. So wait, what does this, what's the, what's the position seven then? I, 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 we've intentionally not talked about this together, but you saw it on the notes last time. You're like, Nick, what, why do you, the, the position seven, what do you mean? It's something I realized a few weeks ago and I'm realizing more and more, mostly because I was playing my solo queue games and I didn't always get the carry position, which is when I played the most in our five stacks now. Oh, also, by the way, I calibrated, finally, back to exactly where I was, 3.7k, woo, legend. So, you know, not much has changed there. But on some of those games, I played support, and that's what, like, I'm, I'd am i much rather play the support than try to fight somebody for a carry role, no matter what. I'll just, like, yeah. try to try hard PMA it out and, like, deal with whatever bozo, or or non-bozo, just an other person who wants to, to play in solo queue. So I, like, I slime pick Oracle or something, because I'm really comfortable with him. And then what will happen is, especially in solo queue, it happens a little bit in in these five stacks occasionally, is that I'll end up being like, okay, I'm going to play the position six because 
I'm used to playing with people in Discord and stuff, and like we normally have three people at least talking, so we have some sort of game plan, and we can try to execute that plan. So I'll just buy all the words, all the time, just immediately. If there's one word in stock, bam, in my inventory. Every time I open the shop, I feel like I just instinctively buy a sentry ward, even if there's not a Ricky or a Bounty or a Nyx or something, a lot of the time. Because I think, like, I think through it, and I'm like, you know, this is, like, it's a value proposition in my head, and I think this is really going to be a lot more useful than getting, like, a force staff at 20 minutes or something. So I'll just keep doing that. But then that doesn't change throughout the game, and then I'm playing a solo queue, so of course, like, people, one, aren't just going to listen to me because I'm a stranger trying to, you know, speak over voice, which people not, not even hear in solo queue. Or it'll be in, you know, a five stack where we're not all comfortable with each other, like, we're not all on the same page a lot of the time. There's only a few people where, you know, we can all five stack and we're mostly on the same page because we play together a lot. And then you realize, oh boy, I am poor as shit. And then you realize, huh, that's where they keep dewarding me. Or, hmm, I put out wards here so that my safe laner in solo queue could farm. And then he, like, kind of farmed the jungle. And then I spam pinged when we saw, like, the enemy smoke thanks to my really deep ward. And then he just, they just stand there. And they just keep hitting the creeps. I'm like, you're, you're getting ganked, you're getting ganked. And then I don't have the money for a TP. <laughs> you can see these things have happened to me before. And you realize that all all your things you've done to basically play the position six, the super sacrificial type of support that even a lot of pros play a lot of the time, because it's normally worth, because getting a big carry is how you win the game, because they carry. And then you realize nothing's come of it. And it, it feels worse, because the position six is something that feels rewarding. It's what Colin plays almost all the time he plays support, because it's just like his attitude. He's going to sacrifice his gold that he or if he doesn't feel like he needs it to make sure that his team gets bigger and stuff like that make sure the team has what we need in terms of vision or gold etc but when that falls flat at least for me we'll, we'll see about you i feel like that is the position seven where you're in this losing situation now of huh well like i'm a support i'm an oracle i have good damage on my e my Q doesn't do a lot of damage, so I can't flash farm like some supports can, like Dazzle kind of can, to try to get some gold and like buy mana boots before 30 minutes. However, if you just stop buying wards and shit, then your team will say, ah, no wards, GG. And that that situation at like 25 minutes, that's when I feel like, oh shit, I've accidentally played the position seven. Hmm. Yeah, it's a position I, six who didn't actually do anything. Or your sacrifice was all in vain. Hmm. And then you're stuck. You're even poor. It's up yeah, to you. I, I feel like there are a couple of roads into this, right? Mm -hmm. Like one is just like the position six on a team where they've got like no map awareness. And so like <laughs> the thing you give is map control and they're not using it. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is you get, like, I, I feel like the most discouraging to me is position six, is, well, okay, position seven on a losing team, or on a winning team. Let me just restart. <laughs> position six or seven on a winning team, where what happens is you secure the map, and obviously, like, you're stacking, and you're setting up good vision, 
And your team understands this. They're paying attention. They're avoiding ganks. They're making use of, of camps. Of, what is with my brain today? Um, with stacked camps. They're farming well. And it's like, okay, it's time to like fucking knock, knock, knock on their base. And they keep farming and dodging ganks <laughs> and, like, oh, no. and farming. And you're like, <laughs> I, I overcoddled them. And now they don't know how to leave the nest. Like, spare the their rap fog. Spoil yeah. the core. And this is a thing I, I run into. Like, this when I think this might be one of my highest, like, losing game factors. Like, one of the things that mm. loses me the most game, honestly, in solo queue, is supporting in such a way that a carry shifts into a mode of, like, <laughs> this is so comfortable. Why would I ever stop doing this? And I we didn't lose the game it. because they don't contest and actually try to win. The <laughs> They're game. just like, oh well, I'm safe and I've got vision and I can farm here. And you're like, hey, hey, we're playing the video game here, and you're actually supposed to go hit that thing. I didn't realize it, but that is a comp. Yeah, that is definitely the way I lose games the most as a support. And Nick. You do it too sometimes. I was waiting for you to say. I was, I was waiting for you to say. I have, and that's you. I have set up the game for you, and you are just like, you're just like, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. And I'm like, we can't hang on. And like, you're higher MMR than me. I think in a lot of, you know a lot more about at least certain elements of the game, like being a carry and like who beats who in an endgame situation. But I'm like, I, a lot of the times I feel like we really need to go now. <laughs> And you don't agree, and then we lose the game. And maybe I was wrong, right? Like, we but never we see know. the other side yeah. of it. But that's what it feels like to me, is like, oh, I made him too comfortable, we're done! <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, th- I was waiting to say, like, I bet we have these kind of situations. Especially, I feel like I've gotten better, when I play with you at least, doing this kind of thing. Because I think if you're not used to Colin's style of, like, position six because most people like don't do that most people don't play the quote-unquote position six whatever and so they'll just be like super safe and they'll feel super great unless there's a driving force on the team to try to Mm -hmm. to move people places i feel like i've gotten used to that style of supporting and i think it's great and like it it's very helpful but it is definitely very addictive sometimes especially if i'm playing anime just farm an entire other you know half of the map in a minute or something and I, I'm getting close, like, if I end up going back to solo queue, I wonder if I'll end up... So the realization I had, right, that is, this is a dark realization that I had, um, and I wonder if this is going to start be- affecting my behavior in a, in a really kind of creepy way. Um, so when you realize you're a six who's about to become a seven because you've made your carry too comfortable, do you know how you stop this? Do you know the one thing I have seen that consistently makes people get in gear and end the game. No, no, what do you do? Kind of... When you make them really fucking hate the enemy carry. <laughs> when they really hate the enemy carry, they really get like like man, oh, fuck true. this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him down and then like fuck this guy. I'm gonna take their shit. And it gets personal to them and they are shook out of this this lull of constantly farming to go break things to prove their <laughs> their superiority hulk big hulk need to go break now and i'm worried that if i get back into solo queue i'm going to start trying to bend these people <laughs> to great. be angry so yes. that we can end the game yes colin you must evolve to your next stage <laughs> i don't want to be that guy 
that's great. No, that makes so much sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because then they're you like, have oh, to make I don't want to farm yeah. these camps when I could, you know, make this guy salty in all chat. You, know. you have to you have to make them like they're too content about the state of the game. You have to make mm -hmm. them discontented. <laughs> That's great. So I have uh, Nick for the, I have never done that to you. Well, that's because normally, <laughs> if we're stacked, not just me and you, but if we're stacked with anybody else, sometimes there will already be some sort of semi-lighthearted flame or banter with the enemy team, anyways. So that's true. A that's lot true. of the time, we just. <laughs> I just played a game, uh, we were five stack with one of her friends who's come back recently too, just like Jesse, and we were pretending that he DC'd mid lane, he was playing Underlord, and so we, our entire rest of our team was behind our tier one mid, and we had him walk up to their high ground, to like the other side of the river, because earlier we all had to DC because, <laughs> and this will be explained later, we were playing custom games and it breaks everything basically and so we had no audio whenever we bought items or did certain things so we all had to restart and the enemy team kept unpausing and stuff and yada yada and so we had a, a minor you know salt war chatting about that and so then we faked that he was dc'd and we like paused but of course he wasn't disconnected so they immediately unpaused and then we're like no 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 sec we need a second second lag lag and then they all engaged on him and then we destroyed the entire enemy team and they had previously said something in chat like surprise. And so all five of us just chat surprise. <laughs> that's that's the best moment. Oh my god, Nick. It was it was great. It's only because it's in recent memory that I'm describing it, you know, such vivid, excruciating detail. But yeah. You I know, as a moments. support, I I'm thinking about it, there is one thing that will get me in that mode of like fuck these guys, we're gonna take them. <laughs> And I don't run into it in our games, but I have been playing mm -hmm. some games with with Emily now and then. Um, more recently, she's she's yeah she's again she's starting to get back in, <laughs> and I see these Wind Rangers and I see their <laughs> items and I just see red. <laughs> I just want them dead so bad. <laughs> I just get so angry at them. <laughs> what have you done? How dare Why you do you have a dragon lance? I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> Siege Ranger. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I haven't seen Echo Saber yet, but one of these <laughs> days, I'm sure I will. You no, know, that'll be like a oh, oh, friend. <laughs> we all have those moments, yes. But that uh, that's that's just something I wanted to to talk about because it was a common experience I was having when I played support in solo queue, mm -hmm. and it's painful. So all of our drama kind of has a central central theme, a central couple of characters this week. We've it, got it does a bunch of a bunch of uh, drama related to the relation the the organization Evil Geniuses members past and present. Yes, this all starts with EG roster changes that they announced a few days ago. So Universe is departing, and now <laughs> the lineup in in role order is Arteezy. Fear, Sumail, Crit, and Misery joining them as their captain in position five. Mm -hmm. And then SVG is also leaving as their coach. And he's going to return to professional play in some capacity somewhere, he says. So first off, what do you think of this roster? I had the same reaction as everybody else. I was like, wait, what? Fear, fear mid? What? Because it's been forever since we saw Fear play a core. And he was... Mm -hmm like their captain 
it was weird at this and people were saying you know what the hell universe he's like the best offlaner how do you get rid of him yeah Lots of caveats here. Just put a whole bunch of caveats here because I haven't been watching that much pro stuff recently. But I do know that one, you know, EG hasn't been doing well. Like they haven't placed very well or won anything. They placed okay. But also like Universe, the few games I have watched, it's not necessarily his fault, but his play feels kind of underwhelming on EG, Hmm. like from what I had seen. I mean, you know him from when they won TI and stuff as one of the best well, he wasn't offline at that point, but one of the best players, and like he can make great plays and stuff. But it's he's been kind of underwhelming on EG, in my mm. opinion. I could be wrong, but yeah. And then I was like, hmm, well, that's that's weird. I can understand getting rid of universe, putting fear there. That's weird. Why is Sumail pulling an S four? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then bringing in misery. I didn't really have any feelings on that, but we'll see. So, um, hmm. Universe leaving is to me kind of a bummer. It is. I, I, I like, I like him a lot as like, as just like on a personal level, but I also think he's an incredible player. Um, sometimes you gotta make changes. Maybe they felt that like this is the piece we need to change out. I think I, I, I'm interested to see what Universe does next. If you say he, he seemed like he was off his game lately, maybe like, you know, he it, was off his it's game. It's hard to know he, because it's, you know, it could just be mm-hmm. the team's fault, like how the team was playing. Sure. It's not his but fault I mean, they didn't land a five-man black hole or something. Sure, but whatever the case is, you know, like sometimes like having like a little shake-up can be good for you as well. Yeah. Maybe Universe is going to, like, you know, Universe has left EG and come back before. Maybe <laughs> he'll, he'll have EG a little way. he'll have a little journey and come back and be stronger. I, 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 I hope good things for him, and I can see why they maybe want to change that up. Yeah. Um. Fear was moved to the support position because his arm is fucked up. Yes. And he can't do really fast, mechanically intensive play anymore. And putting him back in mid doesn't only seem like maybe it's not going to be the best tactical move. It seems legitimately dangerous. So the the break he took after TI, according to Sumail, has mostly fixed that so that it's not a problem anymore. I don't... Hmm. So, Sumail is closer to things than I am, obviously. Infinitely. Uh, Sayed Sumail Hassan, however, is not a medical doctor, and I bet I know more about medicine than he does, both from the medical professionals I know very closely in my family, and also all the time I've spent in hospitals. And I don't think these injuries, the way they've been described, work like that. I don't necessarily think it's a matter of him having medical knowledge. It's him having but knowledge I mean, of fear. That's not like people say like shit. Like I know my body. That's not how this fucking works. You're an idiot. Well, fear, like, sorry, fear side, knows side his... <laughs> Fear, fear is a player who can't stay away from Dota because he loves it so much. Sure, sure. I would agree that it is possible that he would, you know, overwork himself. However, I, I think that's complete speculation because he could just have like. I'm sure he does PT and stuff. I just, I'm just worried about him. Nick. I know, I know. I don't want to see fear get it's hurt. Be like, okay. and this isn't like this isn't like an emotional like I don't want him with a bad girlfriend. This is like he could, he could ruin his wrist for life. I don't know. I understand. I think it's good that he's <sighs> concerned, but I think yeah. we know nothing. Yeah, you you're right. Nothing. I, 
Um, Misery is a fantastic captain, and I am. I think he will do great things for that team. I think. I think Crit was not made to be a captain. I think. I think that's not. <laughs> yeah, I think nobody's unhappy that Crit isn't the captain again because, you mm-hmm. know, Tortilla, including Crit. Including <laughs> Crit, Crit wasn't very happy about that either. Um, yep. Sumail is an offlaner. How do you feel about it? I don't like it. Okay. Um, I'm interested. I will watch. <laughs> I will be happy to see where this goes. But here's the thing about Sumail. You 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 said like how is why is he pulling an S four? And obviously the compa- the comparison there is pretty obvious. S four being a a former offlaner who switched to becoming or a former mid laner who switched to becoming an offlaner and is now that's that's his thing and he's very good at it, right? But the thing about S4 is he didn't actually change. The game changed and he followed it. S4 was never like this like super like greedy mid. He was never that style of mid. He was always the playmaker mid. He was always the puck. He was always like It's true. And and that sort of character just doesn't play mid very much anymore. They're more often the offlaners, so he didn't actually change very much. Sumail is one of the greediest mids in the game. And he's Sumail known for being is... one of the best, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's got he's got incredible skill. He like, you know, you you talk you you hear like other pros in interviews and they talk about like I mean, you're going to lose mid to Sumail, but it's sort of what happens after that that matters. I mean, like, Sumail's unbelievably good at mid. Here is the big flaw of Sumail, in my opinion. I think he's young, impulsive, and reckless. I think he goes for sometimes cocky plays that get him killed. That is not what you want in an offlaner. <laughs> You've said that before. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have to hear that. Yes, you I said have. said that before. I don't know if it's possible to know that. I... I mean, you, well, would, you could, like, watch a lot and study his behavior, but also maybe that's just the style they want to play or the style he wants to – the style, like, that the team wants to play. They want to go for risky plays, and you'll notice when it really falls flat on its face, but maybe it gets them advantages that playing passively wouldn't – or more passively wouldn't. Sure, but, like, if that's what he's been doing this whole time, if that's the way he's been playing for his entire professional career so far – do you really think he's going to be able to shift like in this the months coming up to TI with his team behind in qualifiers to a completely different role with a completely different attitude and make that transition smoothly? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm also yeah. wondering about that. However, I I don't necessarily think that playing passive is the way you have to play the offlane for him. Hmm. So let's let's segue into some stuff. Earlier today, a lot of this happened very quickly. Earlier today, Sumail went on uh, BTS's podcast, uh, Hot Cox, and Hot Bid, and Sumail talked for like 40 minutes. He'd just like stay there forever. And Sumail dropped a lot of salt the first thing because as soon as these you know roster changes come out, there was Twitter drama and stuff. And then PPD tweets stuff like, oh, here's uh, free advice, e.g. kick or tease your Sumail, not universe, who is a godlike player, especially on the big stage. And then Sumail <laughs> responds, if only your team was capable of winning tournaments, you wouldn't have to tag others to stay relevant in the scene. It's a shame. PPD replies, your teenage decision making continues to level the playing field. T.Y. Sumail, how long before CCNC quits on you too? 
So there was a little bit of, uh, you know, mud being thrown back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's probably why he came on the pod. But this was a great interview where Samela like just talked for half an hour. And he talked, you know, they talked a little bit about, surprisingly little actually, about his new role and like what he'll be playing. And then he talked a bunch about PPD drama and stuff like that. And we can go through that. But he was also talking about, uh, in response to the offlane stuff, he was talking about what he's planning on doing. And he didn't really see... He seemed kind of reserved. You know, Hotbit tried to ask him stuff and draw stuff out. It seems like he's staying a little reserved, trying to, you know, not give up strats or probably not strats, but, you know, what what he's focusing on so people don't know that. But what he did mention is that he wants to take the pressure off of Artur. He, he's going to enjoy that he doesn't have the pressure on him to carry the game, but what he wants to do in the offlane is to take focus and energy, pressure, whatever in the game off of Arteezy. And I think if you play this sort of like cocky, you know, hey, I'm not afraid to just go on your safe laner type of offlane, then especially if like, you know, you've got this impulsive guy. So it's like, ah, no, he's just going to sit in the woods and try to get XP, he's going to sap here for a while. We don't really need to devote a defensive trial in there. If you know, hey, Sumail's not afraid to just recklessly feed be, and, you know, maybe kill your safe laner if you don't have resources there to save him. I think that does actually, like, that could change the game. Imagine, you remember, hmm, do you remember back when Miracle was on OG? And there was that period where it was like, if you leave Miracle alone, he's going to take over the game and win it. And if you try to mm-hmm. gank Miracle, he's going to kill you and then take over the game <laughs> and then win it. Yep. That could be an interesting approach to the offlane, actually. Now that you, now that you mentioned, I mean, Sumail has incredible mechanical skill, incredible playmaking skill. Mm-hmm. If he is able to properly le- leverage that into this offlaner that you don't want to gank, <laughs> that could actually be fascinating. The thing, it's hard for me because offlane is by far my, probably my worst role. That or roaming on certain heroes. I just have no idea what to do. I'm getting better. I'm trying to play more of that. But I'm imagining, like, especially like, uh, just think Puck offlane because Puck is crazy playmaking hero. If you're mechanically great, you can avoid so much damage with phase shift and jaunting and you can be so annoying. I can mm-hmm. imagine they say, fuck it. We put a defensive trial in here and then... There you go. <laughs> you have three heroes in one lane just because it's Sumail. And he, cause he has the mechanical capability to be annoying. Yeah. And so I, that's like, I'm interested to see what he pulls off there. Cause we don't normally have, like, he's definitely weird for this role, hmm. but I kind of like it. I'm kind of interested to see what they try. Yeah. You've, you've sold me. I was like, I, I still, I'm not sure if it's going to work. Oh, me but you've sold yeah. me that this is going to be a fascinating ride. <laughs> I want to believe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he also talked about some some drama, didn't he? Yeah. Let's let's delve back into the drama. First off, we everybody pretty much thought Universe was going to go to Optic, especially because you know PPT's tweet like, "Oh, I hope Universe ends up somewhere." However, just like a few hours ago, they announced no, their their position four is now going to be thirty three from Hellraisers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, form, form, formerly known as the Coon, which was a bad oh, name, and I'm glad he changed it. Um, he's an Israeli player. Um, he's been on uh, Pro Dota Gaming. He's been on Kaipi. Uh, and of course, so 
we all know that Planet Dog became Hellraisers, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: is when Hellraisers broke up, they became Planet Dog again. Really? And as a member of Planet Dog, he qualified for a minor, like three hours or something, before this announcement what? that he was going to be on a different team. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> Peter just like messages him, like, "Hey, actually, you want to be on on uh, Optic now?" Like, sure. he just he just like he just like like he just like scrambles like grabs whatever like his his <laughs> his, his job file and just burns it he's like all right i'm good <laughs> planet, planet like, what yeah. i'll be whatever planet you want me to be yeah mm-hmm. i i really thought universe was gonna go there i mean i'm sure universe will end up somewhere but yep so that's that and then more on sumail on the hot Cox podcast where, where do i begin nick 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 stop nick okay did you know that Yawar is Sumail's brother? Who is Yawar? Oh no! Oh, it's Sumail's brother. Um, uh, <laughs> he's a he's a professional Dota two player. Yuwara. He was on he was on DC for a little while. Uh, oh, Yawar, he's a carry player. Oh. Yeah, hmm. he's Sumail's brother. I had no idea. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Please go back to He's talking 8.7K about import. Interesting. Yeah, he was played on a DC. Very interesting. I didn't know that we had Smell's brother in the scene. Yeah, sorry for completely derailing you. No, that's uh, great. Yeah. So, in addition to his new role and stuff, Sumail came on because of the salt, for the most part, between him and PPD. And he was asked, like, you know, how much is real and how much is you two like jostling each other? It's basically it's all real. I think we mentioned before when PPD was doing his like vlog stuff and podcast stuff, he brought up some salt. I think even when he was interviewed a while ago and he talked about how like Sumail, the reasons he left when he left TG, Sumail like wasn't practicing and stuff and he wouldn't listen to PPD because of PPD's style of coaching or captaining or something like that. Mm. And Sumail didn't really respond at the time but here he basically seems to have gotten fed up and he's like whatever i'll just i'll talk for 30 minutes about it and so here leading up to this i'll I'll just summarize some of what he said basically after uh they got eg the team after ti6 they got third it was it was okay they did okay there and we were you know i was hoping like hey maybe you have another eg finals that'd be cool they, they didn't actually feel strong they were still not feeling confident at that point, and they basically felt that other teams just weren't very good, which was like a weird thing for Samuel to say. It's like, huh, okay. So they were obviously kind of feeling rocky. I mean, Wings did just kind of crush everyone that year. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then PPD had mentioned before that basically he left because Sumail didn't want to play with him. And so, like, the team kicked him, kind of, or like he decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, <laughs> Sumail says, so after the Frankfurt major, they wanted to get Bulba back as their coach. Most like some, he, Sumail says they, so some people on EG wanted to get Bulba back as their coach and Bulba coached them during TI5, apparently where they won mm-hmm. and PPD just said no, which was weird. And so I guess they were frustrated there and Sumail even admitted like he did not practice enough and he's still working on practicing enough. He, you know. Mentioned Artur and is like, yeah, because he's super dedicated. We know Artizi is this guy who plays tons and tons of pubs. 
And see, he's working on that. But then he also calls out PPD and says PPD wasn't really practicing very much, but he was also just kind of really negative, and he would just flame and rage or just tilt basically after every game they lost or something. And he said a few other things and basically just kind of sounded like there was a sour environment going on, which I could understand. But Sumail also kind of offered to ditch EG. Like Sumail was completely prepared to leave EG, but he makes it sound like the rest of the team wanted to build around him instead of building around PPD. And so that's kind of <laughs> what happened. And there's obviously a lot of details that are being left out here. He he mm-hmm. ends his like statement about this by saying, sometimes you have to accept that you're fucking wrong and move on. As a direct quote I pulled at the time. So it's like, okay, there's there's lots being left out here. But that was an interesting thing to uh, to hear about from Sumail, who's been mm-hmm. largely quiet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he said like after after TF five, everyone slumped in motivation, and PPD was is no longer the captain that it used to be. Yeah, I mean, Sumail praised PPD of the past and said, like, at TA5, he was probably the best captain in Dota. And, yeah, I mean, most of most people said that at the time. Mm-hmm. It's still said. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe, like, I wonder if Optic, like, I mean, you know, he, it's not like he's playing with, with the, the Optic version of PPD. I wonder if PPD, like, woke back up to that old... So, okay, so, obviously, a lot of this stuff was Sumail's perspective on things. Um, yeah. But so there are, are a few observations. Um, one, I've heard PPD do an interview with Bulba, and also I've heard him do an interview with, uh, oh no, StarCraft guy, StarCraft guy, Day Nine, yes, Sean. I also uh, heard him do an interview with Day Nine where he talked about Bulba in that interview. And the impression I get is that, like, if you're a coach, you're living in the team house. And I don't think PPD wants to live in a team house with Bulba. (laughs) I think that's what I think, honestly, like the the, like that doesn't want Bulba as a coach. Mm -hmm. I think PPD thinks Bulba can be a fun guy to be around, but Hmm. is completely exhausting. Another thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So Sumail also talked about how, you know, because Hotbit asked him about misery and like, why? Why misery? They wanted the rest of EG wanted someone new around. They wanted someone like a, who thought differently and stuff, because mm-hmm. Sumail said they're basically too good of friends at this point, and so they won't be blunt with each other. And like that's mm-hmm. the thing I can totally understand. Even yeah. people playing video games, you know, for fun as a five stack, we have issues with that. It's like you gotta you want to be nice, but you also want to tell people stuff sometimes, even if you know, you're not necessarily yeah. right. There might be people I've had on teams where I <laughs> had things I wanted to say to them that I never did because yeah, I think that we were friends. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Misery as like an outside person, you know, Misery's going to be more direct like that. He, he and Sumail apparently chatted at TI and stuff like that, and he could get that feel. And then that's the same thing with Bulba, apparently. I don't really know much about his attitude and stuff towards Dota and his teammates, but... Sumail's like, oh yeah, Bobo will just like tell you how it is. He doesn't care if you like him or not. Like he's a fun guy and all, but when it comes to Dota, he'll just he'll just tell tell you how it is. <laughs> he'll just he mm-hmm. does not give a shit how you think of him. And so yeah. I could definitely see that being something that someone like Peter would <laughs> be would a little be a fan of too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's the other thing is he Strong talks about like 
he talks about like like the way like the PPD versus Sumail as far as like team stuff and then like the team being like okay we want to build around Sumail not around PPD. Mm-hmm. Um I mean like you know Artur has said in in interviews like he's you know he'll talk about like like what it's like to be on a team and I'll be like and there'll be some teams where like I don't know you know like Peter tells you what to do and you just do it or you're in trouble. That's <laughs> like I'm sure that was a purely hypothetical example, Artur. <laughs> I'm sure that was just completely made up. Like it seems yeah. like PPD is is kind of uh, strict with his leadership <laughs> style, and I could absolutely see a team getting like when things are going well. It's like okay, PPD knows best. Let's let's roll with it. This is doing well. Praise PPD. He's leading <laughs> us to victory. When things are bad, you lose patience with that style real quick. I oh bet. yeah, yeah. Because um, you want to work together as a team to improve, but you you got one guy who thinks he knows it all, but it seems like he's he's not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, or something's not working. Yeah. I do, however, want to very briefly. Um, so from that that good Twitter exchange, right? Um, we had the we had the the two replies. We had Sumail. If only your team was capable of winning tournaments, you wouldn't have to tag others to stay relevant in the scene. It's a <laughs> shame. Um. Sure, okay. That's the first... I mean, like, EG isn't really winning tournaments either, but Sumail pretty openly admits that in this interview. He's being like, yeah, we're not doing great right now. Hopefully oh, yeah. we can salvage it. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's, it's like... He seems like he doesn't have too much of an ego about that. But Peter's response is, as we read before, your teenage decision-making continues to level the playing field. I don't know if Peter is just playing into the community's perspective on Sumail, but that's, like, that's how I've... Viewed Sumail too, honestly. I but feel I, like don't, he... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about like I'm talking about like when I, don't, I can think of like specific examples, and I don't pl- I don't a lot of my examples are going to be older because it's been a while. But I'm talking That's about right. like him playing Storm Spirit and like zipping into like the enemy's like secret shop one v four to kill their courier and zip back out, <laughs> and it's like I mean that worked. That was a really cocky and risky play that was unnecessary. You're lucky it worked. That was a bad idea. They I had see. stuns and silences. They could have caught you. Or like him, uh, like taking some harass as a Wind Ranger mid against his his, uh, his you know his opponent at like five minutes in, and just like you can see him snap and like hit Wind Run and run to the creeps and shackle and try and kill and then die. <laughs> and being like he just lost his temper there. I see. Okay. I, I I don't know. Don't watch enough to know. But I could I could see that. Yeah. And you know, it's as I say, these examples are all old. He could absolutely have, and and, and you know what? I bet PPD's insight is at this point old because he hasn't been on a team with Sumail for a while, and S- Sumail's still a kid. Kids grow up fast. Insight for the day of Bottle Crow: Kids grow up fast. Wow. Um, <laughs> time flies. Sum- Sumail could have matured a lot in his time since PPD was his I teammate. Don't... I mean, <laughs> it obvi- it is like. That's the dig you you throw at Sumail because oh look he he was the young kid, that could be, just be any any fucking person, any, sure. anyone can play that way. It's not like oh this is a very immature style he's playing. But I it's mean just, like, like risky. This is PPD. This is first of all this is a person who's played with Sumail a lot, and secondly this is a person who is absolutely watching for things he can shout at you as super accurate insults when oh, things turn bad later. That is like PPD's personality in a nutshell. So like I bet he's using real stuff. 
that seems like to, PPD. It doesn't have to be accurate. It just has to be like it's a something s- that a seems like it'll spot. hit a nerve. Yeah. yeah, it's just like oh god, I'm this again. Yeah, yeah. With with me, he'd, he'd he'd comment on the fact that I always forget to do a fade out when I edit out sections of an audio file, and so if you listen closely, <laughs> you can hear the little click and. I'm getting better. Colin, your your clicking decision-making continues to level the podcast playing field to TY. Folks, heads up. Don't listen for it. You'll drive yourself crazy. They're they're not actually that audible. You're probably going to hear just mostly me, like, playing with things on my desk. Because I'm a crazy person. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But this was a great... I would recommend... I actually don't know. I assume yeah, this Hot actually, Cox yeah. is an actual podcast, right? Uh-huh. They were doing yeah. this on Twitch, like with video and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend listening or watching to it. It was good. He also yeah, asks, just great. like, just talks to Samael. <laughs> and Samael, he's like, so what do you do outside of Dota? And it takes a while for him to coax out answers because it's like, mm-hmm. well, they, they are Dota. That is what they do. Smells like, uh, here's one quote. Uh, I'm either smoking or like, uh, I'm just trying to gain some weight. <laughs> I don't work out. I'm just trying to eat. He he lost four pounds at the summit somehow. <laughs> He's just like, oh, it's, it, I don't want to say adorable. It's just like, uh, Sumail. Sumail, I, I get it, right? Like, <laughs> I will, I will sit down to have dinner with my roommates. And we won't have seen each other all day. And my roommates will say, what did you have for lunch? And I'll pause for a second. I'll be like, I think I forgot to have lunch. What is I get it. Lunch. I get it, Sumail. <laughs> what is this lunch you speak of? I lose weight on accident as well. I understand. It happens. Uh, that's great. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was great to talk. It's been a while since I listened to Sumail talk that long, if ever. Yeah, I really want to listen to this. This actually sounds great. That's very good. Yep. I didn't know he smoked. <laughs> If yeah. you want to lose weight, you should quit smoking. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm like not, hookah not, and stuff. Just like, I think it's the, yeah. you know their thing. They do. Sure. Yeah. Wait, what? Hookah? Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, he was like, I'm either smoking or uh, I'm not doing like drugs or anything. It's just like a hookah or something. <laughs> Kids these days, I don't. I can't it's keep like up with it anymore. Yeah. Uh, back in my day, we used to just you know smoke cigarettes while walking around the park, trying to think of ideas for our short stories we're writing that was basically all of us not just me definitely not just me <laughs> anyway <laughs> da, 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 da. another quality bottle quote segue uh, t- nick uh, frost of us is upon hey, us it's frost of us it's upon us it'll it'll almost be over by the time this is out but hey you know it's great I wanna, I wanna step away from the drama. We've had a lot of of great drama. We've talked about. Today are we actually stepping away from the drama? I'm looking. Actually, at this. I'm we're, sure we're we like stepping. We're, we've been up. Last week we were in our waist. We kind of waited up to our, our neck, and now it's just time. It's gonna suck us under. However, it'll be a drama wonderland. I've, I've finally done what I wanted to for a while. I've taken it upon myself, and I, I have somewhat taken it upon others later. <laughs> I have reviewed a lot of the Frostivus custom games. I have done what Valve refused to do, and I will go in some sort of public area and give an overview of them and give them a rating and give them pu- publicity, technically publicity in our small circle. And Nick, yes. let me just say, like, this is not a bit right now. I really appreciate your, like, your thoroughness on this. You really, you really did a job of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
pr proud of it. I've wanted to do it with like regular custom games for a while. And then you just end up playing doing... Hardcore Ninja over and but, over. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's yeah. like a lot of these, it's, I've become more and more sympathetic to the more custom games I've played to do all these reviews and be like, wow, this, this whole system just kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody fucking plays any of these, even if they're really good, they'll have like, there's one that has 900,000 subscriptions, which I think just means like people have downloaded it once and then it'll have zero people playing. And I was just like, what? Your arcade homepage is so broken. It's just so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So I've played through a bunch of the custom ones for the Frostivus that they were made specifically for the Frostivus festival contest thing. And get, of course, guess how I found them? I searched Balmy's, Balmy's uh, Reddit comments and like some other producers' posts. And I did nine i found nine of them in like these comments and stuff that i i feel are noteworthy to get reviewed so let's uh let's get into it and then i'll i will give my the official bottle crow frost of his game of the year award first three of these nick made me play and i will chip in on those occasions excellent <clears throat> so let's start off with frost of his festival which of course won the $30,000 contest and is currently sitting in the actual Dota Q menu. You can select Frostivus Festival. This is a Uther Party style thing, which is a thing from Warcraft 3, one of the you know original mods that lots of people have lots of nostalgia about. It's like, but it's a bunch of mini games. Yeah, it's there's a there's rounds. a there's a remake already called Omni Party on the arcade. Um, yeah, which and is... this is snowy, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, and. Uh, it's it's honestly it's okay, and that's mm -hmm. that's about it. I want to I want to premise this. I want to preface okay. all of this by saying that Nick is nicer to custom games than I am, and I want to be clear. When I'm mean to the games, I'm not trying to be mean to the creator. In fact, I hope I'm not just being mean. I don't think you I'm, are, to be honest. But like I like I. I appreciate all the work that goes into this. I just feel like there are limitations with the way things are built that often end up with a subpar result. Indeed. And you've spoken before how, like, you're not even, uh, you see no allure, basically, in non-Dota things in Dota. Yeah. There's like, also, you want, there's you also, you want also to play the, the regular game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, totally fine as a taste type deal. I've, I've given these ratings out of 10. Just keep it in mind that, uh, 10 is, like, what I would imagine an ideal, quote-unquote, or, like, a good custom game would be. Where would you... Okay, let's calibrate. Okay. Where's Hardcore Ninja? Hardcore Ninja is 8.8 uh, .8 out of 10. Because it doesn't necessarily have a lot of replay... It doesn't have a lot of <laughs> continuous grind okay. replay value, which is fine. Right. Like, I think sure. that's great. It's like 8.5 to 9, because you will repeat it a lot. Like, there's a lot of replay value, just not a lot of depth. And I think okay. that's fine. And then one other one that people will know as a touchstone, where does Pudge Wars fall? Pudge Wars? I don't actually play that one a lot. I can't really remember yeah. it. Okay. I would put Dota Imba also. Uh, I think Dota Imba's yeah, another eight and a half to nine. Okay. That has a lot right. of depth in replay, just screwing around value. So for Ostrovis Festival, too. some of the mini games are okay, especially the first time you play them. They're fine. Like the... Uh, 
the spear breaker one where it's like you're trying to bash people off of a like platform that could be kind of fun or like the anti mage one was kind of fun yeah where you're trying to blink around and dodge deafening blasts to stay on oh the, by the way this the is one of the ones i played yes <laughs> i'm forced going to play it i'm like wait you haven't even played the default one yeah and then there's ones like the red light green light where you're a weaver and you move really slowly and then, then like you're randomly ruptured and it lasts like three minutes it's just really it's really bad even the first time you play it the same thing with the Zeus one where you can mm -hmm. every once in a while get true sight and see like this crazy minefield and then you have to slowly run through it or like place mines and kill people or suicide yourself to kill other people. It's not very fun. It's no. not very good. And so this one I give a 4 out of 10. I <laughs> I would much rather queue other games, other custom games than this. And I have to, made that happen. To calibrate, uh, I'm not going to give ratings, but I'm going to say that this one... We got, what, a third of the way through the game, and I just bailed on it. Yes. I just left. <laughs> and I'm like, Con, how could you do this? Oh, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. You're doing something better with your life. Yes. So let's move on. Uh, Frostivus, the Degreveling. I didn't, I didn't play a lot of this one because it's, it's got like a custom map and you, there's like altars, I think they're called, and you like are supposed to go to them and then. There's like these custom bosses that throw out different things. There was a shit ton of text at the beginning to try to explain with like multiple pages to go through. It's, I didn't even really get to play that much. We tried and I like, I think I had two other people with me for this one. Uh, it, it needs work. It might have good content, but you can't really access it. So like two out of 10. And this one is Bombies, right? No. Oh. Nope. Uh, I'm looking. Second I'm day looking... of Frostivus is Bombies. Oh, okay. It's he has he he features it on his yes. page on his uh, YouTube. So I was I uh, was okay. yeah. tricked. My bad. Yeah. There might be stuff there, but it's really hard to get to. I shouldn't have said tricked. He's not. He's not like. Listen, he didn't gotcha. trick me. Gotcha. I was just, yeah. Yeah. Next up is Winter Storm, and this one I played. I think yes, there were three of us, and we we tried it like one or two times. It's an old, like, survival-style map where you get this massive map and then you can build things. Just, like, you build structures and you try to create some sort of base and then you farm and then you upgrade your farming capabilities and then you upgrade your buildings and stuff like that. It's not an uncommon thing. I played a lot of this type of thing in StarCraft II <laughs> custom games, and they were pretty fun. This one is... it's okay... Like I don't I think the Dota mechanics in this make it fine. Like I don't I didn't encounter any jankiness due to that. However, the balance and uh knowing what to do was a little rough. We played honestly like thirty minutes of this and then suddenly a gigantic bigger than the screen size winter wyvern appeared and just started like in twenty seconds <laughs> completely destroyed this like thirty minutes of things we were building and upgrading. And we were like, mm, oh, well, okay, that's great. Didn't didn't really know that was going to happen. So I give this one a 6 out of 10. Not not horrible, but it seems like it would be hard to, uh, to play properly. Hmm. Okay. Moving on, we're going to slowly increase in quality here as we go up, or in my rating as we go up. Uh, it's Grieveling. This, you basically pick a hero. You can pick from any, all the, you pick any hero from the entire hero pool, and then you farm these waves of creeps on a custom map. You have two towers and two sides, 
So you have, you know, separate teams, and then they just march towards each other. When you kill these creeps, they drop grieveling eggs and these little power-up things. And then you have a custom menu. You can slot these power-ups into the eggs before you hatch them, and then they'll have different powers and stats and stuff based on that. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, honestly, it was pretty interesting. I played it twice alone when I was trying to go through these. It's got some custom event type things on the map, like a giant CM spawns, and she drops a lot of power-ups. There's a gigantic Grieveling that spawns at, like, 20 minutes to try to finish the game up, I think. It was cool. It was a little janky, honestly, because so many random power-up crap would drop because you'd kill a bunch of creeps, and then you can only have two Grievelings in your, like, party at a time, so you would swap them out. You couldn't get rid of them. So it was, it was okay, but I think this one could have honestly been kind of fun if you had multiple people because then multiple oh. people would pick up all the crap on the ground. So 7 out of 10. Give it a look, maybe. Uh, an honorable mention here is Frost of His Jewels. It's, it's bejeweled, except based on the color of the things you matched, you either get, like, agi int or strength or upgrade points or mana, and these will all, like, upgrade different units that just automatically march at each other, which this kind of spawning and automatically marching at each other thing is another common custom game trope or genre. And then they added Bejeweled into it. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's uh, actually neat. It might have some depth to it that I couldn't access just playing around by myself. So, yeah, six and a half, seven out of ten. It's pretty good. Moving on, this is Balmy's game, the second day of Frostivus. For this one, you pick from a limited hero pool that they've trimmed. And then there's four phases, and it's kind of like a horde survival type deal. The first is uh, Roshan is repairing his sleigh because his sleigh is broken down. So you have to survive through that. It's, you know, stationary. The second kind of a phase, you're traveling through this forest area. And this is all completely custom, you know, snowy, frostivist map. And then Frost uh, Roshan has dropped presents and stuff. So you have to collect presents and return them to him. The third phase is just a payload mission, and there's this custom town map with buildings and stuff. And so he has to go through and he has to deliver all of his presents, and you have to fight off the monsters. And then finally there's a boss fight after that. I actually played this with an entire five stack because it was Balmy's, game, Balmy's team's game. It's not just him, and he, he doesn't like oh, when yeah. people discredit yeah. him. You know, There's a big team for this. You can tell a lot of work was put into it. It was honestly kind of kind of hard at first we figured it out in terms of draft we had like an axe and omni i played ta we had dazzle stuff like that and so we were able to get up to like the third uh, payload mission and get through a significant amount of that but it just kind of got bogged down at certain points because there were so many tiny mobs that spawned and then each mob has a chance to drop an item and these items get better as it goes on and you can't buy so you have to pay attention to what these items are and so people would just call out like, oh, Deso here, Deso here, Hurricane Pike, Hurricane Pike. And that was 70% of the game, <laughs> which oh. I didn't really like. I feel like if you tune that a little bit better, reduce the mob spawn so there's less clutter and less just getting trapped by units, this could easily get like a little bit better. But it was honestly pretty fun. Like I might go through and try to play it again or something like that. So uh, seven and a half out of 10 for that one. Pretty okay. Yeah, that sounded pretty all right. Next up, this is... Nope, this is not the one. Next up is Frostivus Brawl. And the idea is this. You choose from all heroes again. There's a completely custom map based on one central point and then surrounded by ice and then surrounded by a bigger just 
map to explore. And you have to go through and you're supposed to collect these randomly scattered presents. And you click on them. They're tethered to your hero. There's different present types that will slow down or speed you up, stuff like that. And you have to somehow return these presents to the middle. And then they make it interesting by putting traps in. Uh, you can steal from other players or you can steal from these randomly spawned mobs that also drop these presents. And then there's like runes and stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Like I think I would need more people, like a full, I think, what was this, like eight people. And it's just free for all. I think it could be fun, kind of chaotic. But it might be a little unbalanced depending on what hero you picked. Mm. Kind of think maybe you should just have like a custom hero or something like that. But it was pretty good. So another 7 out of 10. And then moving on, these are probably my top two ratings. And these are two that I also made Colin play. Next up is Snowtown Throwdown. I would highly recommend checking this one out at least. The idea is that you play on this medium-sized custom village map. It's pretty cool. Like, they made these custom houses and stuff like that. It's got a river running through it. And this is all 3D, which becomes important because you're a creep. And you can run around. You have three abilities. You can throw a snowball. You can dash forward. And then you can also jump, which gets you some vertical distance. And so you can jump onto different points around the map and navigate it. And it's a little janky. This is where the dotiness comes in. It's a little weird to navigate sometimes. So because of the perspective of the camera, it gets a little awkward when you're trying to jump onto a house or off a house or slide down a frozen river or stuff like that. But it's still fun to do. And then there's these uh, deathmatch or capture the flag modes. You have three like HP. And so if you get hit by an enemy snowball, you lose an HP. And then they've got a bunch of runes and stuff that spawn. It seems like it's a little bit imbalanced if it's just 1v1 like Colin and I played. Yeah, I I feel bad kind of rating it because like, I don't think you should play this game 1v1. That, that is no. how I played it. I was not I was not impressed by the experience I had. But, like, the map looks great. The UI is impressive. It, it, they really, like, they really did a job of it. It was impressive in every way, except for the fact that I wasn't having fun. <laughs> yeah. I but think, I think that's I think that's the 1v1. Based on the size of the map and the frequency of the rune and, like, power-up spawns, you, you should have, like, a full 5v5 team. And I think it would be a little bit better that way. But, yeah. It's, I think but, you could probably do 3v3s and have a good time. It's just, like, yeah, for you, sure. you, need, you, need a, you need a little bit of population in there. Yeah. But this was, it was pretty fun. Like, it's got a completely custom UI, like, completely redesigned. So it's got nice Frostivus themes, you know, evergreen, stuff like that. And it, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. It, it could probably use a little bit more depth because the base mechanics probably would get old. But I think it's almost the same as Hardcore Ninja in that it doesn't have a lot of depth, but it has a lot of replay value. You could just, like, keep going to it or... I did this like the way I got some people to play a bunch of these is we had some friends who were playing in a stack or they were playing in a game and we were going to join them afterwards to create a five stack. So I'm like, hey, can you guys go download Snowtown Throwdown? And we did. And it was kind of fun. So I'll give this an eight out of ten and I would recommend Snowtown Throwdown. You should check it out. Moving on to a controversial first pick for Colin. Uh, Feastivus. Feastivus. It is... Basically, the vid- it is exactly, honestly, the video game Overcooked, but in Dota. And the idea is that you have these multiple different designed kitchen levels, and you have ingredient stations that you right-click and spawn an ingredient. You have a cutting station that will, like, process this ingredient. And then you have a some sort of cooking stations. And then you have plates, and you have to combine different ingredients and 
to a plate and then you create certain dishes based on orders that have time limits and then you have to deliver this plate to like a certain area and it gets a little bit more complicated based on that and then you have these four different levels that will introduce different ingredients different dishes and different kitchen layouts that make you know these various functions more challenging however it was really fun like I, I somehow I don't know how this happened. I managed to get a five stack to play this with me. And it was it was a little bit crazy. It was like, OK, uh, you two go man the, the meat stations. I will man the ingredient dishing out stations. You wash plates and do service. And so we were just like running around. It was pretty chaotic. You play as little grievelings. It was fun, you know, change your color. And we're just like, OK, we need bread, tango, tango, bread. Brenda, uh, meat, mango, bread, meat, tango, tango soup. Where's that tango soup? We need to rush to that tango soup. And we're all like, what the fuck are we doing? But we're all laughing and we're having a good time. And it's just got these four levels that we eventually actually beat. So it's not too difficult, but it's not too easy. Um, it was it was kind of fun. I kind of want to like look up Overcooked now. I would give this one like an eight and a half out of ten. So... <clears throat> The problem with this game is it doesn't do anything Overcooked doesn't do better. I wonder about that, yeah, because it is the Dota engine. Yeah, and it has, you know, yeah. I imagine I mean, like, if I knew Overcooked like you do right. and then I came to this, I'd be like, oh, this is just a worse version of a video game I already know. Yeah, that's the thing is Nick had never heard of Overcooked. Yeah. Um, and, and like, listen, they did, if I like it. It's a Dota 2 custom game. They did an impressive job. It's just sort of like I just kept to being like, oh. but why? But why would we yeah. do this? Right, right. It's I like totally it's like understand. that guy. It's like that guy who was making Diablo 3 and Dota 2. That was the name <laughs> yes. of his custom game. And it's like, I mean, you know, kudos to you for putting in the work and chasing your passion. But if I wanted to play Diablo 3, I'd play <laughs> Diablo 3, not it jankily remade in a different engine. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, it's one of those is like, oh, okay, I just sure. don't get it. Also, yeah. there's a level in Overcooked where the stage is, in fact, two different moving cars that are, like, going back and <laughs> forth and re-merging. And that's <laughs> I so, need like, to look this game up. It's, Overcooked is great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, they did a good job. It's just sort of, it's if you've played Overcooked, um, you're going to be a lot less impressed. That's true. Because it's just sort of a, a slightly bummer version of it. Yeah, but between these two, Snowtone Throwdown and Feast of Is, I think you've got, you know, Feast of Us has a little more depth to it. It's a little confusing at first until you realize what you need to do. And then it's simple, but hectic as hell. And you have to have like teamwork and stuff. This probably would not work in, I can totally understand why it wasn't picked. It would not work with randos. Like you have to be, have some sort of communication. But if you have a stack or like a few people, just try it out. It would be a lot of fun. And then Snowtown Throwdown has the hardcore ninja element to like, not a lot of depth, a lot of replay, and then you don't need to, you know, know people. It's just like a death match or a capture the flag. Mm-hmm. You don't need voice chat. So I think between these two, you should check them out. I do want to say, um, considering the amount of time that they had to get this done, these games are really impressive. I, overall, it's, I, yeah. it's kind of astonishing. <laughs> just and go I, check out the polish. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> like, that's not enough time to make a game. <laughs> and they nope. really did an impressive job. And I, I, you know, I come across as negative in a lot of this stuff because I'm not a custom games person. But like, <laughs> damn, guys, you really, you really brought your A game. And I'm really, I don't know. And it makes me angry. 
I think even you might appreciate it. makes me angry there's not a fucking landing page that just yeah. shows these fucking nine or, you know, just choose whatever top ten Valve thinks. It wouldn't take very long. I did it for our little garbage podcast. Or it's not a garbage podcast, Call. I'm sorry. My little section of this garbage podcast. You already called it a garbage podcast <laughs> in, in our intro, intro, in our musical intro. So it's kind it of too late. Yeah. But like, come on. I, if I could just do this in however many hours it took me to, to play all these custom games and beg people to play them once with me, it's just not, it's just not or just that hard. Don't, or just don't say that you're going to do it and then don't do it. That's also an or option. I just don't, uh, it's like typical Valve half-ass type deal. But it would, I think more people would play these. Like, I think there's an audience for each of these because apparently some people, some crazy masochistic people enjoy Siltbreaker. So if you just put a, a splash page for this on the arcade, tons of people would play this instead of the zero for almost all of these. Nick, Frostivus Festival is better than Siltbreaker. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. What is Siltbreaker wrong is too with it? Uh, it's a three. It's a three. Siltbreaker is a three. It's got okay. some. It, uh, it has. Some it's got some unique assets access, and stuff yeah. in it. It's got some That's ideas. True. It's I just it's bad. <laughs> but it's just baffling. It's not hard. They redid the fucking UI so that it would be easier to create elements in it. That's why they like can just throw in elements for TI and stuff that embed live video and stuff. So it's not hard to just make another splash page for the arcade or another tab or something, a Frostivist tab on the top of the entire Dota thing. And then it like, oh, it feels like Frostivus. And then like you have this holiday feel. So people are like, oh, this is great. I love Dota. I'm going to buy chests. It made me really angry when I was playing these. I'm like, holy shit, these are so polished. And they have zero subscribers. Like, they have zero people playing it right now. Yeah. And I it's know very... there's an audience. I'm not like crazy about any of these. Besides maybe uh, Snowtown. I could see, you know, if people were going ham and screaming, that would be fun. But there's definitely audiences for basically all of these games. Mm -hmm. But you you have to search a Reddit. You have to search Reddit, which is already a horrible experience, to try to find <laughs> good ones. Yeah, it's it's really disappointing. Yep. All right, folks. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Bottle Crow. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever. You know, you, you, you've got a podcast service that's of any size. We're, We're on there. the ball. Uh, you know, ratings, reviews, tell your friends. We'd appreciate that. Also, hey, have a good holiday. Happy there's a, there's a, there's a, a promo for you. Um, but in terms of promos that actually matter, I want to give a big thank you to Ashley Ryan, aka Svimmy who created our podcast art. I also want to give a thank you to uh, Reddit user Pomodi, even though we did not use the harmonies of New Bloom for this episode. Really, that 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 music has been our intro and outro for, for so many episodes now and will continue to be going forward, and we're so grateful for it. Thank you so much. Um, I also want to shout out real quick, uh, you know, me and my friend, we got a Patreon. If you want to go there, we're recording podcasts where we talk about anime and it's very stupid and you probably would have a laugh. It's probably, it's pretty fun. Unlike so that's a very serious program that we do. You know, very we have to, I have to counteract the somber nature of bottle crow reborn. That's true. So anyway, that's patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. media. Um, 
Also, I would hey, like to you give. Know what? Oh no, uh, you go ahead, please, sir. Mine's a negative note. Mine's a negative note. Oh, so then I'll end all in a positive then. Okay, so I just want to end uh, this year, this year of my dude, 2017, just giving a finger to Johnny Niska, former host, piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> We're past me being real nice about the fact that he used to be on the show and we used to be friends. That guy's a motherfucker. What's your thing, Nick? <laughs> I'm glad I, I didn't save that for last. I would like to give a big shout out to uh, Sing 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 for coming back and helping record uh, our intro oh, and outro themes. And uh, as well as uh, Hadodagu, his collaborator for these these pieces. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. We we really uh, We really appreciate it. I'm not editing out that. Go fuck yourself, Johnny Niska. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Peace out. Last frost of this, I gave you my farm, but the mid and late game, you gave it away. And this year, Save me from tears I'll carry this game by myself Myself Last frost of this I gave you my farm But the mid and late game You threw it away Threw it away and this year To save me from tears I'll carry this game by myself Myself My mid was speed And my carry died I bought out the shop, no wards, you still cry. Tell me, Carrie, why do you still hate me? Well, this is U.S. East, so it shouldn't surprise me. This is St. Salamander! Happy Frostimus, everyone!